podcast is just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind I swear these other podcasts is just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind Yeah and welcome back to another edition of the Change My Mind podcast. I won't change my mind because I don't have to because I'm an American. Yes, you are. And I'm Wesley Sykes. And through the other side of the ether is the Stephen Strange to my Baron Caramordo. It's Mr. Nicholas J. Esquire, Sorcerer Supreme, Multiverse Surfer for Hire. So my question to you with that one is, who's I've the always good wanted guy? dreads. That's, <laughs> oh, that's why. yeah. Okay. Oh uh, wow! Okay, there you go. That's it. As simple <laughs> as that. Nothing to do with good guy, bad guy perspective. None of that. You just no, no. Dreads. Just always wanted dreads. This is a good excuse for it here. I got a little salt and pepper going. It's very. You can't see it right now, but it's like you know, mm-hmm. it's getting there, starting. Yeah, we we all got it. You know, my wife likes to point out all my gray hairs. It's it's nice. It's seasoning. You know, yeah. salt and pepper. I got yeah, no shame whatsoever. Yeah, you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You should embrace it. Don't uh, d- don't do the just for men stuff. Don't color it. Just, no, no, just just go with it. Mm-hmm, I agree. Uh, yes. Same speaking of, of going with it, this week we are dusting off an old topic to uh, connect movie and television universes in a game we like to call Multiverse Madness. You have to go actually way back in the archives to episode eighty three. We're on as a crow flies episode 254 now so you go way back in the machine 2020 almost four years yeah. uh to to go back uh, and find that episode here but we're we're bringing it back to life this week i couldn't believe it when you told me that it was in the the double digit range i knew it was before multiverse of madness like dr strange in the multiverse of madness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but other than that i was like 83 like like didn't make any sense to me whatsoever so yeah this is kind of wild but this is also one of the uh, we've only done it once and i really like this idea because this is a thing that not only you and i will do from time to time just as we're talking about movies or whatever mm-hmm. but you know, the other guys in the dsg do and i know like other friends that i have will do this where it's like i'm just big on i see somebody in the movie where else have i seen that actor or actress from and then right. i connect the dots and then sometimes it's like well this guy could also be that guy and so on and so forth we all got creative brains here you know mm-hmm. So, that, so that's what we're, we're going to be doing. We're going to be connecting uh, different television and movie universes here and kind of filling in the blanks along the way. We're having, having a little bit of fun on a, on a Monday afternoon. Well, Monday evening, Monday night, let's say. Either way. I'll pick it out. I'll get I'll get it one of these times. Um, I trust you. Have I asked you on here your thoughts on Taylor Swift? You know, of course, she's she's going to the Super Bowl, you know. She is going to the Super Bowl. That is correct. Yeah, I am disappointed it's not Eminem versus Taylor Swift Super Bowl. That would have been. I know. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could have yeah. got an epic rap battle there. That would have. That's it. It's a little disappointing. But um, I, you've never asked me. And I, I mean, like, I, I guess I'm when it comes to her music, like, obviously, a very talented songwriter. Um, Definitely. Like, it's good. Like she's good, like I, but yeah, I have more she respect. Makes, she makes quality music, yeah. She does. It's not like my favorite. Never been like, oh, I, I, I think there's, I think antihero. I, I love, but other than that, like it just doesn't scratch that itch for me. But at the same time, like you can't, I can't not respect. I have to respect. I don't know how else to put it. I have to respect like everything she's done and how much, like how much she's like how successful she's been. She's otherworldly. You say respect. I, this is kind of sounding like fear out of uh, potential backlash for speaking your real feelings from the Swifties, hmm, the Taylor Swift army here. No, I can have respect for uh, for <laughs> her for her success that she's had because it's undeniable. It's un- and also yeah. I will oh, say yeah. too, the, like so I know she has her army that backs her, but at the same time, like. The, the backlash that she tends to get to, like even with the stuff that's going on with football, which is like it's small potatoes. I feel like the, the 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 complaining that she gets, but yeah, it's still like she doesn't doesn't seem to phase her at all. Well, she actually seems to be getting sick of it. You know what? What was making rounds this Sunday was hmm. there were show, or, or I guess it was Saturday. Uh, whenever whenever the game was, they were showing hmm. her on the big screen and or on the telecast, and she was looking at the TV broadcast from the booth, and she's like, "Go away, please." This is the power of Taylor Swift. The camera pans away after she says it. You know, they listen like that at a drop of a hat. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how much they do it. Like, the, it's, the it's NFL a lot. stuff, it, it feels, I don't know if it's manufactured is the right word, but it, it feels like it's definitely uh, pushing us, you know, the marketing of it all. 
some people will say like, oh, this is like a made up relationship between her and Taylor Swift. I don't know if that's entirely true, but it feels like there is a strong concerted uh, partnership between Taylor Swift and the NFL right now. Hmm. I think I, so, okay. I hear you. I do think that there's a level of, I don't know if manufacturing is the word, but fortunate. And that's on the NFL side, yeah. a thousand percent. I only, I sure, only feel like sure. the NFL is like that because I, but I've always kind of felt like the NFL has a tendency to do that kind of stuff, but they force things. They, they want a, a good, any good narrative that they can get, they want it. They want to ride that wave a hundred percent. So for me, it's, all about that. I don't, I don't just need this. Yeah. And I think that's where it, it, like where people get a little uh, bored of it or sick of it, or they get, get the eye roll that like they, you know, Al Michaels says Taylor Swift every time, you know, she's uh, they're covering a chiefs game, you know, and all Mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. The amount of times that they all have to cue back to her, then social media goes crazy. You know, it's not like, I, I feel like from my perspective, it's not necessarily the person of Taylor Swift, but the idea of Taylor Swift and how she, um, overtakes all of social media with her with her power you, you know what i mean or or the mm. media landscape yeah and it's the, like you're just kind of sick of everyone else talking about taylor swift yeah, which is what we're doing right now actually is, exactly yes <laughs> ironic i guess um but yeah it's, i mean that's my thing it's just like it feels like it's the nfl that's pushing all that and mm-hmm. it's just in our face more than it ever has been and i don't know like if that'll always be the case so long as they're together but i would think it eventually die down next season the 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 moment that relationship ends is the moment that the NFL dies. They go bankrupt. <laughs> the Swifts are going to dig up some dirt on uh, Roger Goodell or or Jerry Jones or Robert Kraft or any of the power power players in the NFL, and they'll be like, "No, it, this is over. We got to shut this thing down." That would be something. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, yeah. But now we got this is you know we got two more weeks of this. So I guess for for those of you who uh, have had enough of it, get, just strap in. Mm, yeah i mean i i'd say the thing is like i have like an opinion but at the same time so i'm like all right like whatever like yeah cool. yeah yeah that's, that's, that's like, kind of so how much i am in general about her music too like her music's fine i'll never go out of my way to play it she has some catchy tunes she's obviously a very talented artist i love the fact that she re-recorded all of her uh albums yeah, to uh screw over her her former record label mm-hmm. um that's a real boss move i love that yeah but like I'll I'll never be like oh you know what let's put on some Taylor Swift yeah that's yeah that's that's fair and but I agree like, that's what I mean when I say like how can you not respect her because like that's like the that's the number one thing for me mm-hmm. like it's just unbelievably impressive well you know what's always impressive Nick it's it's the comic book minute oh, wow. ah a superb choice what do we got. Someone's feeling very, very generous tonight. So this week, uh, speaking of musicians invading other spaces, uh, we have uh, Moon Man issue one from Image. Mm-hmm. This is written by Kyle Higgins, who we've talked about multiple times. He's one of the creators, sure. the godfather of the Massiverse, and also written by Kid Cudi. Uh, oh, Moon Man. Okay, I yes. got you. So uh, a solid, strong first issue. I went into this. I mean, obviously, I trust Kyle Higgins because he's a very good writer. But at the same time, I was like, I, I just don't know what to expect. But it's basically we got this astronaut who's part of another company that is not NASA, goes off into space, finally comes back. There's a lot of controversy surrounding it and in, in questions um, and maybe some like conspiracy theory type things going on. All just like breadcrumbs kind of left out there. And then one of the like the larger things that happen is we find out that there's something going on with this astronaut who we're focusing on um, that he has no idea about. And it's, it's going to be a game changer for him. Good or bad is unclear. Um, so it was a really, really strong first issue. Um, I, I was, again, I like was okay. This could be cool. And, uh, but I don't know. And uh, I was impressed. Um, then we go over to Marvel. We got the first issue of dead X-Men as we get the fall of X, but the real big thing that I'm most excited for this week, I have not got a chance to check this out. Wolverine issue 42. This is the second oh. issue of the Sabretooth War. The first mm, issue mm-hmm. was absolutely batshit crazy, ridiculously violent. Like violent had a um had a like a, a warning on like a warning uh note on the uh on the book, and I don't have it in front of me right now, but it was something it was like a parental warning. Um uh, like, okay. Is, it said like the most violent like marvel book or wolverine story ever but then there was like a legitimate warning like this is not for kids so uh 
for those who want those, like, you know, a Grizzly Wolverine story, this is it right here. This is only the second issue, so make sure you get in on it. Um, then we also have, uh, for TLDR this week, we're doing uh, Green Arrow Year One and some more X-Men stuff, Dark X-Men. Mmm, Dark X. Okay, all right. That's good stuff there. That's good stuff. Always love the comic book minute. Uh, but let's get into, are you ready for, ready for the main topic? I am. Uh, Tommy, are you ready for the main topic? Okay. We had to call him. He was he was a little further away. Now, now right. he's ready. Now let's go get him. Yeah, Slacker. okay. All right, awesome, yeah. Uh, all right, so the main topic, Multiverse Madness Part 2 here. So Nick and I, we're going to go back and forth. We have a couple of scenarios, a couple of actors, a couple of movies that we put together, and then uh, we're going to try to connect the dots to see if we make them uh, – usable and and like a real movie almost like a movie pitch at least that's how i kind of approached it yeah we when we did this last time we both kind of had uh slightly different ways that we were doing it yours seemed to be more combining of forces Mm. mine are more these two characters played by the same actor are actually the same person that's where we we handle a little differently okay i think i got this though i got a couple of those in there Okay, so there we go. So we'll see we'll see how this all unfolds. So for me, I'm going to start off with Lee Evans. And that may, name may not be too familiar, especially if you're a younger listener. Uh, but Maybe a Buffalo he, Bills fan. Yeah. <laughs> wow. University of Wisconsin alum, Lee Evans. Wow. Well, um, <laughs> let, so I'm going to take us back to 1997 where we get this story of the Schmunces, focusing on Lars <laughs> Schmunz. He's had a very difficult life after toiling away for years by himself at the family string factory, he and his brother, Ernie, were outwitted by a mouse. Although the mouse saved this month's family factory by helping them pivot from the string business to the string cheese business, Ah. the experience was too much for Lars. Mm -hmm. So following his divorce from, I believe her name was Hilda, uh, which is the model that he fell in love with at the end of the mousetrap story, and the business going under with the rise of other milk type uh, uh, milk types beyond dairy, mm-hmm. Lars had a mental breakdown. He lost everything. So he did what anyone who has nothing left would do. He moved to Florida and became a pizza guy, going under the name of Norm Phipps until one day, Wes, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. met a woman by the name of Mary Jensen, to whom he introduced himself as Tucker. An architect. So my my problem here is I, I want to like this. I have no idea Ooh. about the first movie. Ah, <laughs> I know okay. it's something about Mary. So I I just had I I some of it, I like I like the string cheese to a, from a string business to a string cheese. I like that. That's good pivoting. Mm-hmm. But I don't know any any of the details from the movie. That this is the one more than any other. I think that I was worried about that uh, for you. Mm. But basically, the the mouse they, they inherit the 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 family business from their dad who passed away, and they also in, inherit like the family mansion. There is a mouse in there that they're trying to get rid of, and he is creating all kinds of havoc for them, and they cannot seem to kill him, no matter what they do, and they end up destroying the house in the process. Real real Tom and Jerry situation. Got basically you. the. That's also supermodel named Hilda. How many how many supermodels do you think are named Hilda? How, maybe maybe let's open this up a little bit. How many attractive women do you think are named Hilda? Hmm, maybe just this one. But even then, it's not the actress's name, so I don't know. That's true. But I'm I'm just thinking out loud here. You know? Oh, yeah, maybe three. I don't know. <laughs> maybe okay. Uh, I'm going to go over. Hit the over on that. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. No, so that's I, Lee Evans. Okay. I like Tucker, big fan of Tucker, because then because then he's just furthering the lie a little bit f- further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, furthering he, he, the lie he, a little bit further there. And that Norm was my Phillips, and then and then he's uh, the paraplegic. I that's like that, that was kind of my thought process and all. So basically, everybody, the the TLDR version of this is Lars Schmunz is Norm Phipps, who is Tucker from Something About Mary. Okay, I'll go with my first one here. This was uh, I kind of dipped my toe in here. It was kind of getting. Trying to feel things out. I feel like I kind of hit my stride a little later on. But okay, okay. So after uh, an impressive performance with the uh, Top Gun flight unit uh, and Top Gun Maverick, but he's still too much of a renegade for the Navy. There, Tom Cruise, our guy TC, gets transferred to MI6. They don't they don't really fire anyone in the military. They just say, "Hey, mm. we're gonna we're gonna move you over here a little bit." Yeah. 
where he can operate between the gray area and push the limits to serve the country in the only way he knows how. I can see that. I yeah, can... right. I think that's that's a very easy one, though. You yeah. know, but Ethan Hunt is Maverick. Yeah, Ethan Hunt is Maverick. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I think mm-hmm. that's a very. I think that's when people talk about being typecast. It's like, well, he, as much as he's a superstar, it's, it's the same one. Yeah, you you can make that argument. For and then sure. maybe I, I go even one step further. Then we we bring in Ben Stiller from the MTV Movie Awards. I don't know if you'll get this reference here, but that is he is so deep undercover that he has a body double of Ben Stiller, who just mimics everything that Tom Cruise does. There's this great sketch between him and uh, Ben Stiller. They both had the long hair. They're in the black T-shirt. They got the glasses on. It's like right around the time that Mission Impossible Three came out. And they did like almost like a spitting. They like imitated each other's laugh. It was it was awesome. Huh? Uh, give that a YouTube for, for okay. Movie. I will. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't know that one, but that's that. Okay. I, I also in the course of this, I will save this for if we ever do this again. Um, I may tell you afterwards though. But I I thought of another um, Top Gun related one that, well, that could it, be used. Hit, hit me with it. We're we're talking okay. about it right now. We're doing uh, it now. All right. Fair enough. So we know in Top Gun Maverick that Tom Cruise. Uh, that Maverick, excuse me, had been uh, not allowing Goose's son, and I'm blanking on his name in, in the movie, but obviously Miles mm-hmm. Teller. Mm-hmm. We Rooster. That, Rooster. We know that he'd not been letting Rooster advance in in terms in the military, and I don't think he could even get into the academy originally was the, mm-hmm. the problem that he ran mm-hmm. into. So what did Miles Teller's Rooster do until he was able to get into the military? He learned the drums. Bingo! Oh, yes! I love it. Look at that. Oh, that's great. Yes. Honestly, all, that means all his aggression out in the percussion. I like it. That may be the best one that we get today. Quite yeah, honestly. that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. You're going back to back now. What's what's the next one you got after that? All right. So um, all right, Anna Paquin, who I think we all know. Actually, you either know her for one role or the other. I don't know what else she's been in besides X-Men and the other title that I'll mention a little bit later on. But at the tail end, Fly Away Home. Huh? Is that a, is that a, are you serious? Is that a, I, I think that's a real movie. Yeah. Keep going. I'll, I'll double check that. Okay. I trust you. Um, at the tail end of the first butchering of the dark Phoenix saga on the big screen. So too came to the end of the biggest hack job. Not, not, not talking about that sentence I just made, but the biggest hack job of a Marvel character that has ever appeared on the big screen. Anna Marie, AKA rogue. One of the last, uh, one, I'm sorry, one of the best X-Men in both the comics and TV shows, elected mm-hmm. to take the mutant cure, quote-unquote cure, so she could be with Bobby Drake, a.k.a. Iceman. Not even her mm-hmm. real man, Remy LeBeau, but that's another conversation. <laughs> but much like Fox's uh, painful run with Marvel's best property, their love would not last. While Bobby remained a superhero, um, but may have undergone changes of his own, um, a conversation for another day, Lamplight, um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anna Marie moved back to her home in a bond temps in Louisiana. Why did I almost say Indiana? Um, <laughs> where she could no longer go by her alias or her superhero moniker to ensure a quiet lifestyle as Sookie Stackhouse. She took a job of waitress on a job of waitressing, but as her power began to return in a new form, she couldn't help but draw the attention mm-hmm. of a group of monsters that would bring her far more anguish than she could have imagined. See, I, I like this just because of the vampire power, uh, the vampire and, and you know the, the mutant power there. That seems like an obvious crossover. Something goes wrong. The mutation comes back and it's mutated even more. Mm-hmm. But but more importantly, the Louisiana, the, mm-hmm. the setting of it all, mm-hmm. that's that's perfect. Yeah, it, all, it worked out. It's, again, this is like a strange one that like worked out very well. I don't, I don't know, like... I didn't. She was like the the last one of like not counting the Miles Teller one because that was on the spot, obviously. But she, that was the last one that I thought of of this group, and it just it's like I don't know how I never thought of it before. That's that's pretty good, Sookie yeah. Stackhouse. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm, that's Gotta a say. porn star name, though, right? <laughs> For real, it's, they didn't uh, even try like to make it not sound like a porn star name. She and she uh, she the, uh, all the all the boys love her in uh, in the in the show at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's she's very attractive. She was in Fly Away Home, by the way. She, it was a movie with Jeff Daniels where they help a flock of geese migrate home. Oh, okay. There you go. And by the way, the villain was maybe climate change. I'm not sure. 
<laughs> there's a there's another one to at least one other um one of like these uh, multiverse of madness is to be done in um true blood i wouldn't do it probably but it would be with um alexander skarsgård's character i'm blanking on his name right now. i think it's mm -hmm. eric northman he and then he is the northman in the the movie from a couple oh years back. yeah and his last name is eric northman in, yep. in the show oh yeah, i forgot man. about that oh whoa, whoa that's that's too on the nose they're again they got to try a little bit harder here. I know. But what do you got for me? That's pretty good. Okay. So this is, uh, I'm going to go to the TV universe here. Ooh. Uh, we have Andy Dwyer uh, from Parks and Recreation, of course. Uh, Chris Chris Pine. No. Oh, man. What? Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt gets a janitorial role uh, at Dunder Mifflin Stanford. <laughs> okay. Stanford. To follow his girlfriend, Karen, who is Anne. And Perkins, you know, Rashida mm -hmm. Jones. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when that that store closes down, she they all all of the love affairs kind of come under one roof at the Dunder Mifflin Scranton house. Because then you got I, I guess this is a love box, a love star, because mm. when you have Andy and Karen, Jim and Pam, and then also Roy in the picture all kind of figuring Ooh. out who wants who. And then th this essentially can break down into a porno. Yeah. People are just swapping back and forth. This is on the mind here. Yeah. Sookie, Sookie Stackhouse. Uh, switching course. back and forth, okay. changing partners, throw some pineapples in the mix. Mm. You know, maybe we can even have Michael Scott in there in the corner watching. Good I don't job. know. Th that could happen. This is, I think this is actually a Pentagon is what this is. The Pentagon. There we go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But then, then everything kind of comes to, uh, you know, calms down uh, when Jim and Andy unite in their love for pranking Dwight. There you go. Because that would, that would happen, right? Oh, yeah. Andy, Andy would immediately be obsessed with Jim and his cool pranks. He would, but would he mess up a lot of Jim's pranks? I think he would. Oh, he would. That's a good point. That's mm, a good point. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a whole other rift that you could explore. But my big question coming out of this, because I love this idea. It makes perfect sense. Too mm -hmm. much sense, honestly. Um, with Ann Perkins slash Karen, of course, Rashida Jones, where she's the connective tissue and all this, which one is she really? Did she change her name from Karen to mm -hmm. Ann Perkins mm -hmm. to get away at a different point in her life? Or did she change her name from uh, Ann Perkins to Karen to get away from Andy Dwyer and Chris Traeger? Yeah, that's a, see, that's a good question there. I would like to say uh, that she, they relocated for the job and her middle name is Karen. It's Ooh. Ann Karen Perkins. And she's like, you know what? I'm just going to try this out for a little bit and see, see what, where it goes. Okay. New okay. place, new me. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That that makes that that's a lot more mm -hmm. wholesome too. I would. Yeah. Say. My my friends call me Karen. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Tough Although that's tough. Yeah. That's immediately. You know, my mom's friend is named Karen, and it's it's mm. awful. She's a very sweet lady. Mm. These days, it's tough. Back then, I know. Though, yeah. I think it was before that started, right? Well, offices. Yeah. And... Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think you're right. Right about yeah. that. Uh, but it's still, it's just like, uh, you know, Karen. That's mm -hmm. not not. Not exactly the most beloved character in Office uh, fan. Oh, well, right? no, you're right. Very, very bland. Actually lives up to the character name. Kind of bland. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, I like that one a lot. That one is, okay. Um, okay. yeah, that's, that's really the particular file. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I am going to bring us back to uh, movies. And mm -hmm, I'm going to mm -hmm. go with Kyle Urban. Um, that is my Australian accent, which is obviously great. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> okay. um, anyways, Operation Treadstone produced some remarkable assassins, hitmen, hitwomen, what have you. While none was able to best a one Jason Bourne, who proved uh, he was the best of their bunch when Car oh, sorry, when Kirill, I think is how you say it, was mm -hmm. brought in mm -hmm. to take down Bourne, he pushed Treadstone's rogue to the brink. Bourne reigned supreme in the end, though, but he did not finish the job, mm -hmm. Wes. Okay. Despite massive blood loss in mat and serious injuries in a car crash when fighting Bourne, Kirill was scooped up later by Treadstone, which would later take on other names. After Treadstone, it was Blackbriar. Fast forward all the way to the year 2080, and mm. we find out Treadstone's soldiers are simply known as judges. <clears throat> and Kirill 
after years of preservation <laughs> and enhancement of his already impressive abilities, has emerged from the shadows and taken on a name that strikes fear into the hearts of all who hear it. Dread. Pretty good. This is pretty solid. Now, I uh, what I will say, the, the fast forward, that does a lot of the lifting for you there. That is true. That's fair. You could argue that the Anna Paquin one is better than this one. That's that's fair. I uh, I just seemed like it made so much sense though to me, like from a like a because dread is like a as much as it's kind of, it's grounded, it's still set in the future. You would think technology, crazy advancements, and then while mm-hmm. the Bourne movies are grounded as well, when you look at how amazing these guys are from a, like a assassin fighting capability, it doesn't seem like a stretch for him to you know him to become that at some point. All it is that's holding me back is the time. So that's true. the other way. I think we can do that. I think we can make that work, though. You know, there, there, there's ways to do that. I would, I would green light this film. Thank you. Maybe, I, maybe not for a full length featured film uh, in, in the cinema, but definitely on a streaming service. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> I, I maybe I don't know. Maybe it doesn't have the legs of a show. But anyways, oh, what do you show? For? Yeah. Okay. I am gonna go with which one which one do i want here okay we'll go with this one here uh because i think it's going to follow up nicely with what you got next um so unhappy with his role in his in his life as a blade runner Hmm. stuck in this downtrodden depressive universe officer k ryan gosling decides to take a little vacation he needs to let off some steam he needs some, some fun in the sun so he goes to barbie land Loves it so much, he decides to never go back. It goes under the pseudonym Ken. Falls in love with a plastic broad, which is actually something very similar to what he does in uh, Blade Runner 2049. He's in love with an artificial woman. An artificial love. Fake love, if you will. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, as everything kind of unfolds, his, uh, for lack of a better term, toxic masculinity takes over and he's like you know i gotta make this world mine i can't just live in it anymore like it's got to be my world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then that's... he finds out he's knuff and then he gets he finds... nominated for an oscar yeah he's yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah funny how that all works but yeah honestly <laughs> this is uh, this makes perfect sense like you just if he goes there for long enough he just hangs out and just forgets he's like, about why would i ever stuff? go back to that place that place is wet i gotta wear trench coats all the time Mm-hmm. And then it would explain too how, like, when he gets back into the real world, it's like everything is unlocked. Holy mm-hmm. shit! Look at what mm-hmm. happened. This is unbelievable. And yeah, now I'm gonna go rushed and... back into it. Yeah. Yep. And now I'm gonna make it better. But now I can control how everything goes and make it better, quote unquote, better for myself. Uh, so yeah, I yeah, I could see this working. Okay. All right. All right. There we go. There, there's yeah, I, a there's I, a streaming the, service. The only issue is time. That is the only thing again that we're running. Uh, into. He's going back in time. Yeah. Yes. Or, or or does time stand still in Barbie Land? Ooh, they do they... the same thing over and over again. Wow. I think we need to talk to the people who we talk, need to talk to Mattel and say let's run this back. Mm-hmm. But except let's set it futuristic so then it can be for sure all the same guy, and then you're all set. And then make sure that we have an astrophysicist on set just to make sure that the timeline works. A hundred percent. Yes. And then if it doesn't work, don't let facts get in the way of a good story, like you always mm-hmm. said. That's right. Carl Sagan. Get, get the son of Carl Sagan on, on set here. I was actually visiting uh, my in-laws and I, I used that line on my <laughs> my sister-in-law. It said like, don't ever, don't let facts get in the way of a good score. What story? What are you doing? Hey, journalism rule 101. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which just as a side note, have you, have you ever heard of this Kevin Cullen guy from the Boston Globe? And he, he was like exposed uh, for like the marathon stuff on, on the old uh, Kirk and Callahan show on EEI. Yeah. Well, what happened? So he wrote a front page uh, Sunday feature for the Boston Globe. He's now like covering like Vermont stories. He's been relegated to the northwest part of New England uh, as far as the, the Boston Globe coverage goes. But hey. it was about uh, someone from Massachusetts who had terminal cancer and mm-hmm. wanted physician assisted uh, suicide, euthanasia. Uh, this is a complete derailment, but it's crazy. Uh, and so he, so she goes up to Vermont where that's legal. It's not legal in Massachusetts. So she does that. But the uh, in order to get it done, you need two people who are not family members or who don't have any like financial compensation or anything uh, to be uh, witnesses to sign off on it. 
So Cullen and the photojournalist who is covering uh, this this story for like months at a time uh, signs the letter, effectively writing his own end of, ending of the story because she, he just agreed to like have her die. And as he's covering a story about euthanasia, phys- physician assisted suicide, whatever. And w- they, st- they publish the story. And there is like a four paragraph editor's note that says that there was an internal investigation that we're aware of this, that he regrets the decision. We know this is in violation of our ethics, but nevertheless, this is a great story. So read it anyway. Isn't that, isn't that wild? That is one of the most wild things I've ever heard. Like talk about like inserting yourself in the story. Yeah. I mean, that's, That's like you point. want the Red Sox to win a World Series, so you insert yourself into the ninth inning and, and close the game out to ensure that they win. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it's that's the that's one of that's one like that's one of the maybe the wildest journalistic story I've ever heard. Like it's great, yeah. It's it's wild, yeah. <sighs> the Herald had a uh, piece about it, and when like the Herald is like the bastion oh. of of uh, you know sanity and like ethics and everything, you know, that's like they're they're like kind of a rag. I, oh, I feel like kind of a tabloid. Rag written, might be a strong word. I feel like written newspapers, um, like where, sorry, newspapers themselves, like don't tend to go after one each other, each other like that anymore. Like that uh, may have been a yeah, thing. I think I think the Globe and the Herald. I think they still. I have that's still throw punches. Yeah, I haven't. I that's just wow. I was also in the Herald once, so watch it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I've been in both. Crazy. I've that's been crazy. in both. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. You have been in the club too. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Right. That's I forgot. Yes. Okay. Um, I didn't know about the Herald though, but that, but uh, we can talk about that more later. But that's crazy. That is honestly, mm-hmm. that's like, that's a crazy. That's the probably the craziest story I've ever heard from like the journalism space. It, it just absolutely wild in general. Wild. Well, um, but let's get us back on track here. I was, you know, talking about, uh, uh, Blade Runner 2049 and Barbie, but your next one also involves one of those two properties. It's not going to top our side brand. I'll tell you that right now, but this is, <laughs> this could still make a good movie. I'm interested more in this. What we talked about now is being a movie. Um, but yes, mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. talked about Ken. I'm going to talk about Margot Robbie because last year Barbie took the big screen and dominated but so many people have been wondering how such an amazing movie was put together when all there was to go off it was a doll. Um, was it Greta Gerwig's incredible, incredible vision? Um, maybe it was Margot Robbie's devotion to the project. Um, the Academy would have you think Ryan Gosling is why Barbie did so well. Um, none of that. That's none of that's the case. Barbie was an origin movie, but not for who everybody would think it is. For none other than Harley Quinn. Take it one step further. This is where James Gunn new DC movie universe begins. And here's my my little synopsis pitch for that, Wes. After years away from Barbie land, Barbie is feeling the ridiculous weight of the real world. Despite all her hard work and consideration, she can't help but miss her home. Except now she can't go back. Which has her down, uh, sorry, which has led her down a dark, desperate path. So that's the that's the sequel, I should say, to Barbie. So I, I think we can even go a little more meta here and play on the the Barbie, the Academy Award snub, and Harley Quinn. If if we can take it one step further, is that she is now in the real world, right? She kind of ends the movie. She goes back she to is, Barbie yep. Land, but she's aware of the real world. So she's in the real world at the end of it all. Because oh, at the end, okay, all right, even better. So she. Yep gets snubbed for the uh, the award of the movie that came out of her life, which then sends her in such of a spiral, also with Greta Gerwig getting uh, uh, snubbed as well, that then she is so jaded by life that she uh, suddenly doesn't care. And with this plastic uh, uh, body of her, she can't die. There's no real consequences for her, for her reactions, you know, mm-hmm. uh, her, her actions, I should say. So she's yeah. just going out causing shit and knowing that nothing's going to stick to her if they could find a way to get that meta it, that would be amazing <laughs> like, like honestly i could i could see you know we're joking and just having fun here but i could see james gunn if he was keeping if like margot robbie was to stay with harley quinn and stay in the universe which i think she has if she wants to i think the door is open for that um yeah i think but, so if that was the case, I could see James Gunn just doing a little wink in the nod, a nod moment um, with Harley Quinn towards towards Barbie. Like, I, I could easily see that happening. 
Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, let's make that happen. Yeah. Let's make that movie. Okay. So I got one more left, but I know you have two, so lay one on me. Uh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I got just one left here. So this oh, is Oh my bad. James Bond, Daniel Craig. He retires, right? He's an old guy. But he's still got a little vril left in him. You know, he's he's fought many a battle uh for the MI6 there for a long time. Uh and and he goes into witness protection, uh some sort of witness protection like program because a lot of people want him dead. A lot of bad people, you know. So he does that, but he gets a little bit bored of his, uh, you know, suburbia lifestyle. So he assumes the identity of Benoit Blanc and begins solving crimes for the rich and famous, which leads him to uh, Knives Out and then uh, a Glass Onion story, which I believe took place in Greece. You, you might be. I, I think that's where it was set. Uh, that was the last, the, the more recent one, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was on one of the islands or something like that. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. So that. That, that's what he does now. James Bond, very debonair. He can he can travel in many different circles and kind of pass. Uh, and, and this feels this feels like uh, this could work. This is this is definitely your best one. A little, little mini series here. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very much uh, I I like this idea a lot. Like this, it's perfect. Like you just turn it makes this is the one where like I, well no actually the Andy Dwyer one with uh, Ann Perkins is also like just seems perfect and, and yeah. what i liked about the andy dwyer one if i could pat myself on the back if if you remember um uh tgif hmm. did you ever watch that as a kid growing up is that friday one? night slate of television was that with J- uh, jim carrey no 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 it's uh it, it's like it was boy meets world it was sabrina the teenage witch oh, thinking of one of those the... full house or family no. matters and stuff like that. it was all kind of like uh, a block of television for three hours on Friday night. Okay. But sometimes what they would do with like family matters and step-by-step and stuff, they would have these crossover episodes where that would lead into one after the other. So, you know how parks and rec in the office, I think aired back to back, you know, when, when they were both on television. Huh? So okay. they could, you could kind of have a crossover episode that leads right into it. Kind of like I'm sure this might be you might get this like I'm sure the Arrow and the Flash had crossover episodes. Yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like that. I'm just beside myself that I messed up what you just said with living in living color, which is you know, oh, 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 I know, I know what you mean. Now. Yeah, I don't know how that <laughs> happened. I don't know. I, I mean, uh, you know, it's a variety it. show. Sure, this has a variety of shows. You're being too nice to me right now. So, um, <laughs> well, I got one more, and then I then we'll talk. I want to talk about who's. Uh, you get, favorites between the two because i I, i'm Mm. just trying to figure out i have two um that for you that i'm battling out with right now but my last one is without question my strongest one at least in my opinion we'll see how you feel but this is centered around none other than bob odenkirk in in the story of the cable guy starring jim carrey who's on the mind Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we get Mm -hmm. to know stephen kovacs as he deals with a cable guy who Takes things too far. Of course, we don't know his real Jim Carrey's real name in the movie. Mm-hmm. Throughout the bizarre tale, we meet Steven's family, including one of his brothers, who goes unnamed in the credits, but he's played by Bob Odenkirk. Mm. And at least, you know, but that's that's why at least Bob Odenkirk's uh brother would want you to believe that he is his this would sorry, I lost my train of thought there. One second. At least that's what Bob <laughs> Odenkirk's brother would want you to believe. But in fact, this was a scam that went unnoticed because the cable guy posed a larger threat. That wasn't Stephen's brother. If it was, he would have said something to Stephen when the cable guy was flirting so much with Robin, who's played by Leslie Mann. In the Leslie movie. Mann, yeah. Or when the cable guy was forcing Stephen to play a raunchy game of Password with supposedly Bob Odenkirk's mother as well, right in front of him. Not weird at all. Mm-hmm. That man was a fraud. <laughs> that man was Jimmy McGill, who you may all also known as uh, Saul Goodman. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. this nonsense isn't at an end. McGill has been seen at mom and pop diners across the country, helping fathers lie to their children in exchange for their help in bolstering his new persona as a wealthy traveling businessman whose calling card is triples his best. 
Oh wow, wow! So that's a that's a little three way. Mm. You got a bunch of bunch of IPs kind of smashed in there, but it's all there, Wes. It's very clear. I mean, I don't. Well, know I, I kind of forget a little bit about the cable guy here. So what? Why would he be under a fake name with the cable guy? Because well, because he's such an underplayed character and all this, and be, so the, the scene the scene that Bob Odenkirk is in mm-hmm. um, is with with. Uh, I'm blanking on Ferris Bueller's the actor's name. Ferris. Bueller. Oh yeah, yeah, Broderick. Yeah, Matthew. Yeah, Matt, yeah. Matt, Matthew. Yeah. Okay. So he he's there. They're at. They're with his parents. Um, Leslie Mann is with them and everything. They're just having like a family dinner. And for some reason, Leslie Mann, who's been getting too cozy with the cable guy, invites him to come to the dinner. So they. Okay. All this is going on, okay. and at this time, Steve, who's the main character, is like losing his mind and keeps going at the cable guy, and. The cable guy's like just a fun-loving guy, but he definitely is too comfortable. Um, but the family seems to love him. I look, not all brothers get along, don't get me wrong. But if this guy, if if Bob Odenkirk is supposedly his brother, and maybe if he's his brother-in-law, okay, maybe I could get behind that. Like he's just he doesn't want to say anything, not his place, whatever. But if that's his actual brother, what the fuck? Like you're just gonna let that slide? Like you're, just, you're not gonna have your brothers back in any capacity, or at least say, "Hey, man, like we don't need to do this with my mom." That 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 the weird game of password. That's, okay, okay. So I don't buy any of that. Okay, I think I think that's good. I like that. I like pulling in all three IPs here because movies don't have original ideas anymore. So this mm-hmm. is where I think that we're kind of ahead of the curve on on Hollywood right here. Yeah, a hundred percent. Five to ten years time, we are gonna see this movie made. Yes. <laughs> Hundred percent, and we're gonna uh, and be we're gonna be the Leo Di- DiCaprio app sitting on the couch, like, oh, that's us. Between yeah, yeah. <laughs> between between Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, well, more, obviously more so with Better Call Saul, where you learn how much of a con man Jimmy has been mm-hmm. over his life and continues to be. It's like looking at all of that and having an understanding. It's like you, he, it's a, he's the easiest one to do this with. Of anybody, like I can, all these have connective tissue, um, or like a line that can be drawn, bringing them from one to the other. But to me, this was like this this thing on it. Other than like the where, where I butchered it uh, in the middle, like this thing wrote itself. I didn't have to think about it. it, it this does kind of lend itself very nice. I, I agree with that. He's he's kind of like a, the man with no face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he can just kind of blend it in plain sight. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of sneak in, weasel his way around. Yeah, and he's and the thing is too, it's not like he has abilities. He's just like he just bounces around from place to place. And honestly, you could do that with Jim Carrey's cable guy. Like I do, I did have an idea for that, and maybe I'll play that one another day. I do I am gonna save that one for now. Um because okay. I think it could be a little right. more fun. But I'm curious. Well, actually, no, yeah, what which one was your favorite of the five? Um I guess you could count the Miles Teller one if you wanted, but uh the Miles Teller one's pretty good. Um <laughs> but the Anna Pack one one got me the most. Oh, okay. I like the Anna Paquin one again. The one. the location, the accent, that all works out really well. Uh, with an honorable mention, maybe to the Northman, uh, and the Northman. <laughs> yeah, I I thought of that as I was writing it, and I was like, that I forgot that his, I remember his name was Eric at the time, but I forgot his last name was Northman. Had I thought of it, then I might have been like, "Fuck it, I have to do it," because Wes loves loves that movie. I think, and I think the the, the Barbie one's good too. I, I like where our both of our minds went to Barbie. Yeah, I I I nice really, little crossover. I'm really happy with how this turned out, honestly. But for me, your my two favorites for you are the James Bond one, and the um, it's really the Ann Perkins one. Like that's that's what's because she's the connective tissue. And yeah, all that. yeah, yeah. And I, I think. That could be a good miniseries. Again, talk if if they're doing yeah. like a Thursday crossover, you get an hour long episode that, that goes from Parks and Rec to The Office like that. Uh, I, I'm here for it. I think that's got to be my pick because it's just it seems so like it was on the same network. Why don't you just turn like people talk about? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna reboot this and everything. How, how about you just have like I don't know a ten episode thing for Peacock. I mean, you want to bring in people to watch the cock. That's yeah. going to work. I I agree. I, I would love some, even if it was just like, maybe not even the main characters, but uh, you get some mm-hmm. of the side characters aren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. But the, they are those people. I, yeah. You just need one, like somewhat important character from each show and you're, you're golden. Um, like if you did Tom Haverford and Dwight, I mean, mm-hmm. I know Dwight's not a, you know, it's not a side character, but I, I think that, and then the, the James Bond one makes, 
it makes perfect sense. Like those were my one, two for from your group, but I think the they're one essentially gets, the same person. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, it makes, it makes perfect sense. But I think mm-hmm. the one that gets me most excited is your, uh, your, your uh, office uh, parks and rec one. Yeah, exactly. It's been a while since, since they've moved over to the cock. I haven't watched it as much. Yeah. Uh, it's commercials. I don't have it for free. There you go. Same. So it's, it's a real bummer there. All right. We're going to have to do, we'll have to bring back part three. Triples yeah. are best. You did mention that. Uh, so we'll bring that back at another point in time. But I think this was this was pretty good. I think I feel good about this. We'll give ourselves well. a pat on the back. Look at that. Look at us. Uh, but now it's time to get the tickets because the train is leaving the station. The Discharge Depot. Choo-choo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bitches. What'd you watch? What'd you do this weekend? So we actually recently, like between this time, last episode and this one, we actually watched the Cable Guy, and I had honestly I had never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Very very strange movie. It's a and, dark movie. Oh yeah, I had like when I saw Bob Odenkirk, like you, you don't you don't really know it's him. Like he it's very like a he looks quite different. Very fleeting moment where like you mm-hmm. are able to really recognize him. Um, maybe a couple times you see him on screen, but I when I saw that I was like, wait a second. I have to use this. this is, and I wrote it down on my phone, like right away. Like this is, this has to be part of my whole thing. It, make, it's per, it makes perfect sense. Um, he was not on my shortlist until that time. Okay. Um, then we also, uh, I was, uh, as I said, I was with, uh, with the in-laws, we were celebrating one of my nephew's birthdays nice. and uh, we did some like murder mystery stuff and everything. So we dressed up and whatnot, but um, cause the kids are now like into clue. They just started, like they got it for Christmas. So, oh, yeah. that's fun. Okay. So we also watched Clue this weekend and uh, the, the movie that I think, I don't, it was like, I think the favorite movie of either Rossi or Billy. It's I know Billy D. Billy D. Billy's, yeah, okay. absolutely. I hadn't seen it since, I don't know, I was in maybe middle school, early high school. I don't school. think I've seen it, to be honest with you. Oh, really? It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's quite kooky. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's. Like it just—it's a good time. It's uh, they, they, like if you're making a movie out of a board game. They—they they had fun with it. Okay, all right, there. I like that. Uh, you know, I—I yeah. I was watching uh early ep- season one of Chappelle show over the weekend, and what I noticed when I while you recognize Bob o- Odenkirk and the Cable Guy, I recognized Rashida Jones and Chappelle show. Oh wow, she's just like appears just kind of almost randomly uh, in one sketch. She's like a side person in it, but yeah, pretty pretty cool. Uh, but I watched Parenthood, the 1989 Steve Martin, uh, Rick Moranis movie. It's fun. It's all about parent. It's it's kind of like uh, the original Cheaper by the Dozen. Cheaper by the Dozen is kind of like a like a reboot of of uh, Parenthood. Huh. All extended families, one's divorced, kids at different ages, parents dealing with kids at different ages. Getting, you know, dealing with your in-laws and parents. And it's all the, the different drama that comes with being a parent. Very, my dad loves that movie. He brought it up to us recently. I haven't watched it in years. I think it's a Ron Howard movie. Uh, but it, it's really good. It's really fun. Uh, it's on Netflix, like I said. So if you do want to go watch it. The one thing that um, that really bothered me, though, in like the first five minutes, they show a kid's dingling. She's okay. like they and they just like the camera stays on it for a second, and it's like, oh, that's we like that's really weird. Wow. Even for eighty nine, that seems like I, I I don't know. Jules and I looked at each other like, what the fuck is this? See, when when I watched Clue because it was nineteen eighty five and it's PG, it was like this is I don't know this I don't know if this is PG like it obviously doesn't bother yeah. me, but it's like I said that before I watched it too because like it's. Just, it, it's 1985 and it's PG. That does not mean, you know, same thing as 1995 PG. That's for yeah. damn sure. Um, yeah, I don't know if this is PG or not because it deals with, like, a, you know, the, the older daughter having, like, premarital sex and taking photographs and, like, the mother finds them. And then there's, like, a single mother who uh, has a sex toy and that gets found at a, a family party. And, like, uh, you know, there's, like, all this, like, you know, kind of more adult stuff. But, again, I think everything – the parameters for what was PG and PG 13 were different, but you know, aside from the, the child nudity, uh, again, very early in the movie, the everything else pretty much holds up. Yeah. The thoughts not- on parenthood. You never really stop being a parent. 
It's PG thirteen. Just check. Oh, it, it right is. Now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it was back then, but it's what it at least says now when I do it. Give it a quick Google. But that's uh, that's bizarre. And I don't. It's wondering what you're talking about all this too. Wonder like Rick Moranis like ripped right through the eighties and then, oh he won the eighties man he was he was the man yeah I mean Ghostbusters uh, Little Shop of Horror Spaceballs Honey I Shrunk the Kids that's the big one yeah uh, I mean just I mean I guess he didn't need to do anything else afterwards yeah and then he got like it was it was during COVID um, when that like knockout game that was kind of like all over uh, the internet where, where people were posting videos of like sucker punching strangers from behind. That was him. He got knocked out by uh, on the streets of New York, like oh, right outside his apartment building. Yeah, I wow. think he had to go to the hospital. Oh, I remember that now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was him. I, oh, wow. And I think actually now that like my memory is kind of jogging here, I think that also coincided like just coincidentally with uh, him being in a I think Cricket Wireless, whatever Ryan Reynolds phone company is. He was in some commercial with them, and like that came out, and then like. A week later, he gets out on the streets and uh, just like sucker punched. Jeez, that's freaking brutal. Man, I didn't know I, I, yeah, to say the least. And it's weird. Rick Moranis plays like kind of like a boss. He's not like a jerk. He's got a smoking hot wife. He's like he kind of like talks down to her. You know, he, he doesn't play like the meek guy. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of weird. I don't think I've ever heard of this movie, Parenthood. I don't think I uh, really care to go watch it now either, though. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good movie, again, aside from uh, the the weird part in the beginning there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ron Howard, Parenthood. Yeah, there you go. All right. Do you know what we have for next week? We got, uh, you know, we had Argyle written down there. Oh. In parentheses, not guaranteed. Okay, well, how do you feel about it going into it? Well, I, I could be open to it. I could, uh, you know, we could also do the um, Aquaman, Death of the MCU, or DCE Universe. Yeah, I still haven't, because Aquaman's available on demand, but it's like 25 bucks. And it's like... I, I wasn't sure if it went down in the week's time, but mm. so we have a bit of a free play. We could do Argyle as, you know, I think the first theater movie of the year for us. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, why not? Mix it up. But the week after, I, I wrote this in here. I thought this would be kind of fun. Maybe we'd bring on someone like Billy D. He's a he's a certified lover boy. Mm. Uh, build a cinema of rom-com movies. Oh, just rom-com, not even. Oh. So you gotta you gotta draft your your meet cute partners, you know, your your best friend of your protagonist, you know, the uh situation in which in which they meet. Oh, so we're choose the city. Oh, so we're building a, we're not building a cinema. We're building a movie. Right, right, right. But from the different movies. Uh, uh, okay. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yep. You know, maybe, maybe you want, uh, you know, the pair guy and girl from, uh, when Harry met Sally, maybe you want Harry and Sally, but you want the best friend of, I don't know, Julia Roberts, my best friend's wedding, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I like this a lot. setting. You know, it could be anywhere. New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this that, uh, totally works. I'm, I'm down for that 100. So yeah, why don't okay. we why don't we plan for Argyle? We can can you and I can convene later and see if that works scheduling wise. But yeah, otherwise I like it. I think that should work for me. Yeah, and then again with that rom com edition, you know, uh, it comes out on on the 12th, February 12th. It's coming up fast. Hope you got oh. your plans ready. First year of marriage uh, for for the Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, I'll tell you what, what's going on off here. Oh, okay. Well, till then, though, we'll be back. Same bat time, same bat place. Hey.